0: everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we have what might be one of the greatest episodes of Comics and Cinema ever recorded in this world or in uh, 3000 BC or wherever it was that this movie uh, takes place. No, today we, we are talking about uh, a treasured movie for me and something that I hadn't seen in quite some time and had the, the privilege uh, no, the blessing of being able to watch it in 4K. We're talking about something that I've talked about a lot, and that is the Scorpion King. This movie was a life changer. I said that <clears throat> I said that before in regards to the Mummy Returns. And as I was watching this film, I was just thinking to myself, "Wow, even this film was something that my cousins and I watched." In terms of you know, we would have little Scorpion King fights. And uh, more so, we were just so pumped by this movie, and I'm really excited to dive into it because I know there is a a fandom out there, <laughs> an anti Scorpion King fandom, and I honestly, guys, I bet the wolves are already at the door. I have a feeling that I'm going to be getting, uh, and it's funny. I wanted to record this uh, before I, I go on vacation. Uh, Be gone for a little bit. I will be back. You guys, we're not going to miss a beat. Who knows? This episode may even come out while I'm gone. Uh, You won't know. You'll never know. But uh, I had to get it out there because uh, I'm scared. Maybe when I come back from vacation, I'm going to have a bag of mail in the front of my door. Heck, I might even come in and have a whole Scott Calvin situation where I just come into the house and there's just boxes and boxes of letters and lists, like the uh, Christmas list of of people saying, "I cannot believe you like this movie. I cannot believe that The Scorpion King is one of the one of your greatest films of all time." Well, hang on a minute now. Let's let's not uh, let's not bite off the scorpion's tail before it's stung or, uh, I don't know if that's how the phrase goes, but no, this is not one of the greatest movies of all time, but for me, it may be one of my favorite movies, and I get to say that because, and I hope you all do this too, my list of favorite movies is infinite, there's so many movies that I love, so this is one of my favorite movies, and watching it last night, uh, reinvigorated that, and it it reminded me of something that I had sorely forgotten, and, by sore, I do mean that uh, last night I was uh, stung by the scorpion, so to speak. I've uh, I've got a taste for Venom, and I want some more. Speaking of which, uh, the, the new Venom trailer came out today. I don't know if we want to talk about that on this episode. It's ironic, I would say, that I watched The Scorpion King, uh, and Matthias himself, the Rock, is stabbed with a a spear that has scorpion venom in it and the next day we get a venom and carnage trailer unbelievable the timing is impeccable but you know what i say there are no coincidences and uh, that's a uh, that's actually a line from mummy returns where art of bay says there's a very fine line between coincidence and fate and to me i am basically rick o'connell right now saying i'm a believer. Uh, I am a, I'm a Scorpion King believer through and through. And so with that in mind, with that praise out of the way before more praise is given, let's dive right in. So the Scorpion King, this movie came out in 2002. Now I'm going to point this out to you guys. Uh, I did, I don't, i almost positive probably 99.9% sure I'm like the Pfizer vaccine I did not see this movie in theaters there's no way I don't even I don't think yeah no I wouldn't have even been yeah I wouldn't have even been old enough to see it my parents would not have let me see this film in theaters and I'm kind of bummed that they didn't because I feel like this would have. this feels like uh Infinity War level levels of uh, actually this feels a lot more like Captain Marvel this is it's a prequel movie this movie does not take place after the mummy returns no this movie takes place I would say probably thousands of years prior to the mummy returns uh, which is cool in its own right because I feel like in terms of action movies there are not a lot of action movies that deal in that ancient time frame you know, the top of my head the closest I, I can think. And I'm not certainly not comparing them, but uh, 300, Troy, Alexander, 10,000 B.C., maybe Alpha. There's just there's those like old timey, and I mean old timey action movies where it's about it's basically about survival. And I, and I love this film because it feels like it's not an old timey movie, but it really is. Like this movie takes place during what i they don't dive into it that much but we we are going to here because i i've got some scorpion king trivia but this uh this movie takes place a long time ago and and i think this is before egypt uh before ancient egypt this is this is probably right around uh kind of the the creation of man in a sense because they talk about i mean there's a bit where they go to sodom and gomorrah well they go to Gomorrah. And they're talking about the Babylonians, so it's like that ancient sort of uh, Hindu Kush type uh, uh, area of, and they don't even really say where this takes place. I don't know if it's at any, you know anywhere near the Hindu Kush area or, or around Mesopotamia. I'm not sure. Oh, and and you know that's part of the charm, guys. Come on, that's part of the charm. We love this film because The Rock is in it. We love this film because of Kelly Hugh. And also, guys, we love this movie because of the late great Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, you know, some would say my kingpin. Uh, honestly, unfortunately, it wouldn't be me because uh, I actually really loved what Vincent did with the role. But Michael Clark Duncan is—he's uh, an unstoppable force and or was an unstoppable force and so just to see him in this movie was awesome he did a great job and there's some great bits of trivia around him too that i'm going to share so uh so yeah so this movie takes place a long time ago there's actually not a single reference in this film to the mummy returns uh or to really anything at all in terms of the mummy universe and ironically and, but, and, and I don't know if you would want to consider this a dig at the movie, but the Scorpion King is a good guy in this movie, and the Scorpion King is a bad guy in the Mummy Returns film. And so I could see some of those uh, Scorpion King, ha- the King haters, the Scorpion haters out there saying, hey, uh, that's bad character development. And I would say, well, hang on a minute. Uh, let's not jump to conclusions, because when you think about it, Matthias, played by The Rock, is uh he's an ancient individual he's you know i i think the concept of right and wrong of being a good guy probably didn't exist as as uh you know, as much of a study back then as it is now right like you get your think pieces you you go to philosophy classes to learn about what is right and what is wrong well back then all you had was the sand and uh and the water when you could get it and for matthias the weapons around your belt so to me and and it's a perfect role for him he's a mercenary he's not a good guy or a bad guy and it just so happens that what he's trying to do in this film and he makes a good point of it too that he's not really the good guy he's just a guy that is really good at fighting and he just happens to be fighting for the right side he doesn't put it in those words he says something like uh you know i don't care what the people want Uh, And this is towards the end of the film, Uh, Kelly Hugh, the uh, sorceress, she uh, tells him like, oh, you know, you're fighting for the people. And he says, I'm not fighting for the people. I'm doing like I just want to kill Memnon. And she says, well, then you and the people have the same goal. So same thing. I could easily see where, you know, by the end of this, obviously, he becomes the Scorpion King. And, uh, you know, he's ruling and everything is going well. But like I said, the Fertile Crescent is a fickle mistress. And maybe one year the water dries up and he has to resort to less worldly means. But when you think about it and you go back to the intro from The Mummy Returns, Matthias is, is commanding an army of legions, so by now, his renown is, uh, is world-renowned at this point, right? And he is this amazing soldier, this amazing general, and this is, you know, again, like I said, this is, this is why I love podcasting, because I can, I can talk, I can think about these things, and, and I think if I approached anybody in real life, they would never want to hear about any of this, but here you are, you pressed play, and I'm, I'm hoping you aren't skipping ahead every 15 seconds to see when the next bit of the story is coming. I promise it is, but we're. I really wanted to to dive into this because I think it is a really good character development. Is he's He's got this giant army, and this army has been taking over everyone, right? They're conquering, and back then, that's what you did, right? That's the same as Alexander the Great. Uh, hate it or love it that's how people operated way back when the only way they knew how to feel safe was by conquering other people so that they could be in control and that's the basis of this film memnon is this you know unholy ruler who just so happens to be the greatest fighter that has ever lived and there's a great bit of trivia in here that not a single person in this movie is accurate in being depicted as the characters in this film i've got it right here the bit of trivia is again none of the actors are of iraqi egyptian or sudanese descent uh, which would be and they've got it in here too iraqi being mesopotamian egyptian and then sudanese being nubian descent because michael clark duncan's character is uh, one of the leaders of the nubian tribe tribe uh Dwayne Johnson is of Samoan and Afro-Canadian descent did not know that Stephen Brand is Scottish of course Kelly Hugh is Chinese English and Hawaiian Peter Fascinelli is of Italian descent Bernard Hill is English grant heslov is ashkenazi jewish and michael clark duncan was african-american so very interesting i i doubt that that was crossing their clearly it was not crossing their minds as they made this film they were too focused on the lore and on the action and uh you know certainly i can't speak to what they were thinking but like i said i saw it i have to point it out but what i what i love about this movie is the honestly the number one thing is the action i I think the action is super solid in this film obviously the rock is doing all of his own stunts. he said it in in the same interview that was in the the mummy returns special uh features sadly there are no special features for this movie unless you've got a a secret copy of it that i don't know about i could have swore my dvd had special features but i since upgraded to blu-ray and then again upgraded to 4k Uh, like I said I love this movie and I will point out now that if you have a 4k setup this is a phenomenal 4k movie this movie actually looked better than I have ever seen it in my entire life I am not just saying that there are certain movies that I have seen in 4k where I said oh you know I I probably should have just blu-rays are fine most tvs a Blu-ray is going to get the job done, because that's 1080p, and in a 4k, you're only getting 2160p, so, uh, you know, it's not that big of an increase, but it's noticeable if it's the right type of movie, right, like, there's, the the Marvel movies look really good in 4k, Uh, Suspiria, that's uh, something we're going to probably, we'll see, talk about towards the end of the year, but the Suspiria 4k is the exact same as the Blu-ray, and I know this because I tested it out, it was a theory And it is the exact same. So there's certain times where it hits. There's certain times where it doesn't. And I got to say, this movie hit like a scorpion's bite when it comes to that. I I was blown away. I kept having to check. I was like, when did this movie come out? Because 2002 is right around that time where the CGI starts not holding up well. And you notice that in The Mummy Returns, especially during... The, some of the flight scenes during the the water uh imhotep's water scene you definitely notice it during the, Anub- the anubis warrior scenes even though those scenes are still sick you, you you notice it well the nice thing is this movie does not have a lot of cgi or it's so good that it was unnoticeable the only real big cgi bit is the ants uh that attack the rock when he's buried underground and it wasn't that big of a deal but it's funny there was actually a bit of trivia that originally they said the ants were real and then in like a later interview they're like I, I we were kidding it's actually not real i'm like who says that like oh yeah these giant uh ant mounds where thousands of ants are coming out to try and eat the rock yeah that's real we we flew on on location and buried the rock so that he could possibly die from all these ants don't worry it was completely safe yeah right so uh so there's that bit which which is fine but like i said that the action is so good and when it's this crisp in 4k you can really see the rock just laying into people and in the best way i mean the, the opening scenes of this movie this whole and that's where so we'll dive right into it the the opening scene starts out with some people who are celebrating in the uh they're just celebrating in a hut and it's, again, presumably a long time ago. There's no running water, all that stuff. It's ancient, ancient times. And they're they're bragging about all the people that they've killed. We've killed Babylonians. We've killed Mesopotamians. And I, I think a bit of trivia said they're the same thing. Uh, but, you know, he says, but we've never killed an Akkadian. And that's that's his, his tribe is the Akkadians. And so his brother is trapped, is tied up at this place. And he's like, yeah. You know, any last words? And he says, I hope the gods take pity on you because my brother will not. And literally the next scene is the rock just busting through, uh, explosions abound. And funny enough, another bit of trivia is that all of the lines from the rock in The Mummy Returns are all in Egyptian, ancient Egyptian. He had to learn ancient Egyptian for the role. Uh, and then when he was the Scorpion King towards the end of the movie, he doesn't speak at all because, you know, it's you know but so the first move the first actual english movie line for the rock when he busts and he says boo and then everyone freaks out and runs away it's a perfect intro for him it's almost looked like him coming out onto the wrestling ring it was awesome so i could easily see how he was like hell yeah i want to be in this movie and, and as we're there shout out to steven summers he worked on the screenplay and was a producer uh, just like the Mummy movies, that's why you can tell this is very crisp. Chuck Russell is the director, did a fine job for those of you who are a fan. He did The Mask, uh, smoking. And I, I would say that he was definitely smoking in this one as well, for sure. Also, interesting call out, uh, Sarah Halley Finn did the casting, so you know where she got her big break. I'm sure Marvel... Uh, I think I said that in the Godzilla one too, but you know what? I'll say it again. I'm sure Marvel saw this movie. They saw Scorpion King, and they were like, "How did how did how did they get this many great people in one room together?" Oh, it's Sarah. We gotta get her going. Like I, I imagine Kevin Feige was working on Iron Man if that came out in 2008, probably a couple of years before. So I'm sure the Scorpion King was on the top, was at the top of his mind right around that time. So it just it all makes sense. It's all coming together. And you know, now that I mention it, that's actually, I would love to see the Dwayne Johnson as somebody in the MCU. That would be really cool. Maybe one day. But obviously, he comes in, absolutely wrecks shop. He shoots these arrows. He's got a very special bow that only he can pull back because it's so powerful. And he was shooting like three arrows at a time. These people are flying out of the hut. It's that powerful. Which again, for anybody else, it would be like, come on. But for the Rock, it's like, why isn't it further? Why aren't they flying into the side of a mountain? That guy is a beast. And uh, so he's doing that. He's whipping out swords. He's fighting people with swords. He, He literally kills everybody in the room and saves his brother. And his brother's like, ah, you know, I knew it. And so from there, him and his brother, and I think there's one other guy, he's unnamed, but they basically go and meet with another tribal chieftain and, you know, are telling him like, hey, uh, you know, the job is done, basically. And the chieftain says, we have hired these Acadians to kill uh, the Memnon sorceress. And so then this, you know, this next scene is kind of the, we get the flesh out of this world. And I, I love this story. I was actually thinking about it when I was watching the movie last night, I was like, well, how do I want to record this podcast? And I was like, ooh, Alex, you should get creative with it. And, uh, just tell it as like a campfire story, because I feel like the story of the Scorpion King is, it really just feels like a tale of legend. And the movie itself feels like a movie that is legendary in that regard. Like, yeah, there's there's some silly bits, but the whole story is just so good. Like, it's this tale about a guy who, it, you know, uh, despite all odds, he's so strong and powerful that he's able to stop this this mad tyrant sort of thing kind of like Thanos and uh, I don't know I just I I love it very inspirational so he's meeting with this chieftain and funny enough you know there's those certain lines in movies where you've watched the movie long enough and you quote the line but then you quote it so much and time goes on you forget where the quote even came from uh, that happened twice in this movie, and I was like, oh, no way, that's where it comes from? Uh, the first one is is here, the, the tribal chieftain uh, and his son. His son is Peter uh, Facinelli, who, again, that's... Uh, or maybe Facinelli, but he is the dad in Twilight. Uh, what is his name? Dr. Uh, Carlisle, basically. It's Carlisle. And funny enough, too, he's super young in this one, so like I didn't even catch it when I was watching it. But his father is, uh, it can't be Thorak. I'm looking on here, Ralph, Ralph Moeller, but anyway, he has an old father, and his father is talking like, hey, we're going to hire these Akkadians, and they're going to kill this sorceress, and his son's like, well, where where do we have the money, like, do we have the, even have the money for this, and he goes, be quiet, right, and I say that all the time, I say, like, be quiet when I'm, like, talking to my cats or whatever, but, uh, so the story at this point, we get into this backstory of Memnon and his sorceress, and so again putting all of the they cast the wrong people in this film aside we find out that memnon is this larger than life guy that over the you know the decades he has emerged as the strongest fighter in the world no no one can defeat him and it's rumored you know he he can catch an arrow before it hits him sort of thing and it's funny i don't think they actually mention it but i remember them saying it in the trailer uh, that's the other thing, too, is there's a lot of lines in this movie where I was like, oop, that's from the trailer. Like, I vividly remember that trailer. and uh, the, But one of the reasons now, he's become this conqueror. He's so powerful. Every army and place that he conquers, they they get sucked into his forces or they die. And eventually we find out and you see that he is being helped by Kelly Hughes' character, the sorceress and she is a seer basically she can sense the upcoming battles she knows when they're going to win she knows when they need to cut and run all that sort of stuff and so she he's utilizing her to win and to take over the world kind of like an alexander the great conquering everybody and so this group of people has hired the akkadians to kill the sorceress so that they have a fighting chance because as long as he has the sorceress by his side she is on un, she unbeat or they're unbeatable and you know of course the rock says as long as one of us has breath left in us the sorceress will die and so they head they head off and they go to this really cool camp a bunch of people are there soldiers this is memnon's camp and they, they sneak in again we get some really cool bits the rock loves riding a camel his buddies ride horses they have so many weapons they've got these scythes. they've got swords really cool looking swords His bow, obviously, and so they do. They do a a, a stealthy ambush on the the tents. So they're sneaking in. They're killing people. They're they're wrecking shop. It's awesome. And eventually, though, it's a trap. And so there's a, a giant group of people. The one guy we don't ever really know his name. He gets killed immediately. Uh, which is funny, because again, it was like, okay, these Acadians are like the strongest, most vicious fighters in the world, and they're they're mercenaries for hire because they're so strong. they 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 are a, a small group of people. And they uh, but this guy gets taken out right away. I was like, come on. but so now it's just it's just Matthias and his brother. and they capture his brother, they get him injured, and eventually, you know, they capture Matthias too. And not before he sneaks into the sorceress's chambers. And she, you know, gives this, it's a, you know, gorgeous turnaround, one of those, you know, scenic moments. And they, they kind of slow the camera a little bit. And he he said, she says, you've been betrayed, Matthias. And he's like, what are you even talking about? And by then though, the people come in, they capture him. He kill, obviously kills a ton of them, but then he captured, he gets captured, tied up. He's forced to watch his brother die, which is very sad. But his brother tells them, you know, they, they have a phrase. He says, um, "Live free, die well," is their phrase. But then we find out when, when, right where they're before killed a brother, they had been betrayed by Carlyle himself. Uh, uh, what's his name here? Talkmet is is what his name is. I, I again, bad casting, but. So apparently he betrayed the group. He brings his father's head in. He says, yeah, you know, he was very shocked. Clearly, you can tell by the look on his face and tosses the head. And they're like, all right, that's him pledging his allegiance to Memnon. So now the Scorpion King's like, ah, oh, geez, but he's about to die. He's, he's literally tied up and Memnon is about to kill him. And the sorceress stops it and says, hey, you ca- he cannot die by your hand or any hand that you command. And for those astute moviegoers out there, I'm think I'm you know we're saying, ooh, the sorceress has a crush on Matthias. And who wouldn't, obviously? He's a huge hunk. But, you know, these guys are so dumb. They may be they may be strong, but they're super dumb. And so he he kind of questions it, but he goes, "Ah, all right, a puzzle then. How do I kill you without my hand or any hand that I command?" And so literally the next scene is him waking up the next morning, he gets knocked out. And he is buried neck deep in the sand and surrounded by a bunch of uh, anthills. And there's actually another guy there as well named Arpid, played by Grant Heslov. And he's kind of like this horse thief type guy. Uh, he's basically the comic relief for the movie and they're both there. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna escape here in a second. You, you should have helped me last night because he was tied up at the camp the other night and he, uh, he didn't really help him. Uh, but he's like, I, you know, I could have helped you, and basically, he escapes, he, he does this trick, where he, he clearly, like, inhaled, is it, it would be, or exhaled to make his stomach really big, they don't tell you any of this, but I've heard that's how you can do that, if you're trapped in quicksand, or, or being buried alive, I read, I used to read those, like, survival books, but basically, you know, exhale, inhale, or exhale to make your stomach really big, so when you're buried, it's buried around your big stomach, and then when they're not looking, you breathe out or you, you deflate your stomach. And uh, then the sand kind of goes around you. He gets out. And now all the ants are coming out of their hills and, and super creepy. It's like, oh, so tough to watch. And Matthias is kind of smashing him with his, his uh, chin. It's like the only thing he can do. He actually takes one to his mouth and bites it to kill it. Uh, again, so brave. And this other guy, though, he knocks out the two guards and then spits some fire from whiskey onto the the ants again all old-fashioned style but they escape and then they head to gamora which is where memnon's palace is and he says like i'm I'm going there to get the sorcerer like i'm going to kill a sorcerer and i'm gonna kill memnon blah 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 so they sneak in by way of the horse thief matthias knocks him out and pretends that he's going to collect a bounty on him very smart and gets into the town kind of gets his way around and eventually finds the sorceress and she is bathing in the secret tub and it's you know for a young kid it was very very exciting and uh again matthias says, you know he's like oh what am i supposed to do in this situation the guards are coming after him by this point point. and we do get introduced to uh what's his face brad uh bernard hill who played theoden in uh the two towers in lord of the rings and he does a good job too he's kind of playing this sort of uh uh what's the word not an Aristotle, but kind of the the kooky old man who who does science experiments. And so he's like created a catapult and he's talking about creating gunpowder. So again, very ancient stuff, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. And he uh, so they escape him and the sorceress escaped through a drain in that bathtub take it or leave it whatever you want and he you know they slide out they escape and then they flee the city the three of them because the the uh, horse thief has been basically just chilling down by the uh, down by the bar at the bottom and again i'm using a lot of common terms this whole thing is just basically an ancient village Uh, but so they escape they leave and at that point memnon decides to send people after him And so they say, like, okay, you know, he says, bring me their head. And and that's when he creates this venom scorpion uh, spear. And so he just kills a bunch of scorpions and dips the blade in venom and says, like, hey, give this to him for me. And so they they head off. Of course, these guys are no match for Matthias. He does another amazing action sequence where he's being chased by a giant sandstorm. And he just kills all these guys until it's just the leader left. And again, you know, down on his knees, he whips out that spear and stabs Matthias in the leg, obviously causes him some pain. And by the time he gets back though, he's in a bad way. And so the sorceress actually uses her power to in a sense suck out the venom uh just through his mouth in a way they don't kiss, but it's kind of like a uh taking the the, the poison out of him sort of thing, which was cool. So now we see how he's how he became the Scorpion King. And I I was half sad By it because there are bits of this movie that I didn't remember and I thought that Matthias absorbs the scorpion uh venom and that's like he he becomes imbibed imbued with you know scorpion powers sort of thing and it's not how it is totally fine but I I would I guess if I was stabbed by that I'd be bragging all day long that I'm the scorpion king like I I survived this but they they now have to figure out what their plan is going to be like these guys just went after them we need to come up with a plan, and so they end up actually going to uh, where is it? They go to I don't I don't know if they go to Nubia, but they go to Michael Clark Duncan's village, and he, he has a fight with Michael Clark Duncan. There is a great bit in there where they you know, and uh, the Rock talks about it in his interview. That interview, he says that they all the swords are real, in that they're made they're made of it was like steel or aluminum and they uh they fight that scene where their swords clash and break and are both smack like cut in half basically or shattered uh that was not planned that was an impromptu sort of thing again those two guys are just two kings amongst men so they're so strong that the swords broke and they just decided to ad lib it which uh was really cool and they uh so after that he basically says like and this is a line from the trailer he says are you going to stand alone against the fury of his armies and and uh scorpion king says yes and that's kind of uh that inspiration that the rest of the group needs and so he's like well i'm gonna go back basically i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna kill memnon and he's like not without me you're not and so it's like hell yeah we get the michael clark duncan duncan team up everything we were looking for And they get back to the town. They sneak in. And uh, at the same time, though, and a little bit earlier, obviously, the sorceress has a vision that Matthias gets shot in the back and dies with an arrow. And so she tells him this, and he says, I'm going to make my own destiny. It's like, okay, all right, cool. Good luck with that, man. Uh, Obviously, we know that he is going to make his own destiny because no one can kill the Scorpion King except for Rick O'Connell. And so they get to this place. Uh, They get back to Gamora. They sneak in. And at the same time, they... They know that something is up. Memnon, I think, knows something is up because he moves his plans up a little bit. He says, "Tonight we're gonna celebrate. Tomorrow we're gonna go conquer another place." And so while they're celebrating this entire time, while the sorceress has been gone, and I liked this, the soldiers were getting nervous, and this one soldier keeps bringing it up to Memnon. He's like, "Hey, the the boys, they're they're getting scared. Uh, we haven't seen the sorceress in a while. Is she okay?" because he won't tell them that she's gone and he's like everything is fine what are you talking about and so then the sorceress shows up and he's like oh what and she's like ah i heard my presence was requested and so he has to pretend to be okay with this and he knows though now right something is up and so he takes her back he's like all right everyone you know the party's over basically and so he leaves grabs her and just like brings her back to his his uh, chambers or whatever and he's like basically where the hell have you been and she's like, you know, he captured me trying to say that she was a victim and that she used her wiles to escape, which honestly she could have if she wanted to. But clearly she's in love. And he's like, all right, well, fine. He says, how about a test then? And she's like, what are you talking about? And, and, and again, I skipped over this, but at the very beginning... He is talking with her and and uh, prophesizing himself that when I'm done conquering He's he's basically you know the all ul- he's the ultimate Chad. He says when I'm done conquering everything, I'm gonna make you my wife and then we're gonna get to go to bed together. And she goes, ah, but sir uh she you know my lord i if you if i go to bed i lose my powers i lose my power of sight and he says the day that i, I take you into bed is the day that i no longer need your your services basically your seer services it's like man dude you're cold and so you know he's he's like oh i don't trust you basically i think that you slept with the scorpion king which is uh actually now that i'm thinking of it, it sounds like an insane title for a book or a die actually i would love a the sorceress's diary called when that time i slept with the scorpion king i think is a really cool title but she says, so he says fine how about a test like let's see if you still have your powers and so just we you know he puts a couple snakes in some jars spins them around she has to guess which ones don't have jars but by the end of it she's so sick and tired of him that she just grabs a snake out of the jar and she's like haha, like I, i've got it and it's like snipping at him and she's and then at that same time though the scorpion king shows up and we get the big fight we were looking for so a big scorpion king memnon fight they're just going at it like oh man we get to a point too where like memnon lights his swords on fire which was so cool and then you know we get to a very close spot though where the you know her vision is starting to come to pass and this guy comes out he's got a bow and he's aiming his bow at matthias and she says matthias like look out and she runs to take the uh to take the arrow and he notices and guards her so that he ends up getting the arrow in his back and it's like lady You caused this to happen, like that was you. you If you'd have said nothing, he could have probably, he totally could have dodged it, or he honestly could have probably caught it in his teeth if he'd have wanted to. But so he now, and and at this point, Memnon is just he's up on the top of this like throne area, right on the edge of the wall of this giant, I mean, this whole area, the Gomorrah in here is beautiful, it's this giant uh you know palace type thing and he's at the edge looking out over the expanse of his kingdom in a sense and the scorpion king's maybe i don't know 30 feet away 50 feet away and he sees his bow because they took his bow when he got captured and there's a great bit too where carlisle is trying to pull the bow to brag to some ladies and he can't even pull the bow it's great Uh, because it's too he's too strong he's too weak and so the scorpion king grabs this bow rips the arrow out of his back as if he's pulling it from a quiver and pulls back and Memnon's watching him do all of this and and I didn't point this out either there's a couple points in the movie where he's like firing arrows at Memnon and Memnon catches one of them in his in his hands he like blocks them with his swords and but all of these times though the scorpion king wasn't one bit by a scorpion which I'm still convinced gave him some power but also he wasn't using his bow I don't think, uh, and also, he wasn't at, mad, he wasn't completely pissed, and this time, he is he's mad, he's like, you're trying to hurt my girl, I'm coming after you, and so he pulls back, looks at him right in the face, and Memnon's got his two swords ready to block, he's like, this is child's play, and of course, what does the Scorpion King say? Catch this, and then he fires it off, and it goes right into Memnon's chest, he completely misses as it was going too fast, and he flies off, the the edge and just tumbles down and smashes into the ground completely dead. It's awesome. And so yeah, and then that's it. The battle's over. The the war has been won. And again, she's like, oh, you know, your people love you. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I'm just I'm just a simple Acadian just trying to get by in this galaxy. And so the last bit, which was funny, and again you don't hear it any other time, but Michael Clark Duncan's leaving, and this is after they've celebrated, they've had their fun and he says something about blah 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 the scorpion king and i was like oh let's go it's the scorpion king and then the movie ends so like i said it you know there's there's four other sequels after this movie and i've heard they are all trash i won't watch any of them because i love this one so much i don't even know why you would need another one but as i as i finished this movie i thought to myself i would actually like to have seen a uh, a scorpion king movie where we get to dive deeper into that original battle and the mummy returns because i would like to know where did what went wrong with matthias and and they you know it's funny too uh the sorceress says that to him something about you know no kingdom can last forever like they're all it, and it's it's true i mean half of those ancient kingdoms and most of them they're all gone but what was the turning point for Matthias for him to want to make a deal with Anubis, to where now Matth- Matthias has gone from a a nobody in a sense to the the Scorpion King of this nation of people, and now he has become Memnon, where he's conquering other people, and now he's begging Anubis for his help. So I just I would love to know what went wrong because I think you could still pull it off like. A lot of people would argue that it's just too much of an about face. But again, I don't think so. From those ancient times, I would say someone like him is going to go wherever the getting's good. If you know the water's running out, there's not enough food, he's going to have to go conquer someone else in order to do it or to ask to share. But like I said, back then, I don't know if sharing was as big of a concept as just conquering people. So um, no, like I said, loved the movie. I give it an 8 out of 10. I do want to share with you guys some great uh some great bits of trivia which make this even better uh dwayne johnson said to give the scorpion king character a life of his own he intentionally shied away from using any trademarks in his wwf character except for the people's eyebrow which he does in response to another character's reference to a harem he said he included it to acknowledge the millions and millions of rock fans uh, and, and apparently the score briefly includes some of the rock's entry music. Uh, there's a scene where, and this is when he's fighting Memnon, where he's lying on his back and he does a, a he springs up to his feet. He said he wanted uh, the director wanted to include a physical feat which only Johnson could perform, and uh, which is pretty good. Also, Dwayne Johnson's 5.5 million dollar salary made the Guinness Book of World Records. For the highest salary for a first-time leading man, so go go get it. But creepy and funny enough, here, Bill Hader of Saturday Night Live fame. This was Bill Hader's last film as a production assistant. He'd freelanced on several films, but he quit after working 20 hours straight one day on the film's Mystery Mesa set in California. Dwayne later hosted Saturday Night Live when Hader was a cast member. Very interesting. Uh, Yeah, so here's another one, was uh, Michael Clark Duncan leaned too far forward in an action scene causing uh, The Rock's elbow to make direct contact with his jaw, knocking him out for five seconds, five whole seconds. Pretty crazy. Also, uh, and this is more of a comedy bit, this movie is a prequel to a sequel to a remake of uh, the prequel to The Mummy Returns, which was a sequel to The Mummy, which was a remake of the original Mummy. And... Uh, What else was in here that was really cool? Yeah, it says that, you know, Matthias was depicted as far more heroic, but like I said, I feel like there's there's some change there. Here we go, here we go. This is actually a really interesting bit, and this was something I didn't know. I hadn't done any research in advance around this, but I I always just assumed it was fiction. In 1995, Egyptologists discovered a 5,400-year-old limestone carving in Egypt known as the Scorpion Tableau. It depicts the victory of a ruler called the Scorpion King in a battle that unified Upper Egypt, which was a prelude to the complete unification of Upper and Lower Egypt by Narmer, the first pharaoh of Egypt. This film is a fictionalized depiction of a historical event about which very little is known some historians believe that narmer the first pharaoh was in fact the scorpion king very interesting so like i said there's just some super cool lore around this movie and it makes me really want to go back in time to meet the scorpion king uh i've always wanted to meet him and uh you know i i want to be like the scorpion king i'm going to look here real quick and just see if there are any other Uh, kind of call outs in here but no I think the other bit of trivia is just that um, you know their their swords broke and I I thought that was pretty cool too but yeah so like I said I I love this movie Uh, this is such a great movie to watch after the mummy returns and then before tomb of the dragon emperor guys I'm I'm nervous about that movie just because like I said Rachel Weisz is one of my all-time favorite actors um, one of my first crushes, Hollywood crushes, you could say, because of the Mummy movies. So finding out that she was not in this third Mummy movie was really sad. But you know what's even better? Putting on the Scorpion King again and again and watching Matthias take down so many bad guys. And uh, happy to do so, I think. Like I said, a crisp film. Eight out of ten highly recommend checking this out even if it's just to, to send me a message and say alex you're wrong this movie is really bad i would love to talk to anyone who thinks that because i have a feeling i could talk you into at least liking something about this movie and that's what we're here for here on comics and cinema to give you the reviews you need and to give you reasons to like film to love film and to come back and keep watching it so For Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening, and go watch The Scorpion King.